The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One Nation. The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the July 12th edition of One Nation Radio. I am your host, Richard Latta, and... This is your episode where we're going to cover Extreme Rules. We're going to cover Brock Lesnar showing up in the UFC. And of course, the biggest news that broke a couple hours ago, Ring of Honor and New Japan linking up. We thought it was blocked. We thought WWE had came out here and hated in full force, but it was not to be. They announced that there will be a super show called the G1 Supercard uh, in Madison Square Garden. But first, before we do all that, please keep in mind, I'm, I'm, I'm you know repping the Social Suplex Podcast Network as always. Remember... Um, we are an independent, you know, podcast network. We'd love your ratings on all platforms, uh, but don't be haters. Uh, you know, we're an independent podcast network and our budget comes from word of mouth and you got sharing it and, you know, keeping the algorithms going and all that. The only way that we're going to reach more people is with you guys' help and, you know, by sharing the show, rating it high and make sure you guys check out the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, the Outsider's Edge with Ransom Carl, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, keeping it strong style with John and Jeremy and grown men watch this shit so let's go ahead and get it started first I couldn't believe it a couple hours ago um Ring of Honor uh in New Japan it came across my timeline at, at about six o'clock uh caught it about 10 minutes into the news being broken that Ring of Honor in New Japan had defied um hating ass WWE and you know their right of you know first refusal and everything like that somehow and got the date for the day before WrestleMania yes um, as far as I'm concerned, WrestleMania will be held in the garden this year. Um, <clears throat> looking at it, let's take a look at a press release, and this comes from uh, F4W.com. Um, Ring of Honor in New Japan announced today that the G1 Supercard, a co-branded show from the two companies, will take place at MSG on April 6, 2019. That's on the Saturday of WrestleMania weekend in New York City. Um, Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Naito are already advertised, along with all of the top ROH stars. Um, interestingly enough, who is not mentioned are the Young Bucks, are Kenny Omega, are Cody. So, you know, those contracts are still up in the air. In the air. I would expect WWE to back up the Brinks truck for all of them uh, as they try to cut this, you know, momentum off 
uh, at the, you know, like they got to cut the head off the snake, uh, apparently. Um, this comes from Joe Koth. He said, this is destined to join a long list of historical wrestling moments and where better to hold it than at Madison Square Garden. ROH Chief Operating Officer Joe Koff sent in a press release. I'm extremely proud of what we have been able to achieve as a company and very appreciative of how great our relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling has become. However, none of this would be possible without our fans who are truly the best in the world. Madison Square Garden would not be possible without them and for that I am most grateful. We also got comment from New Japan President Harold May. Um, he basically said uh, this is a historic initiative for Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. This gives us a great chance to expose New Japan Pro Wrestling in the building which housed so many memorable and compelling matches. This would only mark the second trip to the East Coast. Um, the last one being the CEO show uh, with Kenny Omega a couple weeks ago. Uh, so in New York City, in Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania weekend, it's selling out, y'all. Um, I'm willing to take all bets, uh, you know, and I will bet you $1 for your pride, you know, if you want to come, <laughs> you know, put a dollar on the line. Because I don't want to take your money, empty your bank accounts or anything like that. I'll just take $1 from you if you want to make a bet with, with me uh, on that selling out. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the big thing is this is like what happened? Because, um, you know, it was previously reported that WWE was doing everything they could to block it. Was that not true? Was it true? Did the lawyers come out? Uh, as my man Tom uh, Gambardella of SocialSuplex.com uh, suggested to me, who's like, oh, Sinclair must have brought the lawyers out. And as you know, some of you guys may know this, um, some may not, but Ring of Honor uh, is, you know, their parent co- company is Sinclair Broadcasting. Um, they host a lot of, you know, Fox local affiliates throughout the nation, and they are a much larger company than WWE. So maybe it was a situation where they were like, all right, we'll bring the lawyers out. And, you know, they were able to get that passed. But this is so huge for so many reasons, because it was like, you know, it was like when when the news came out of of Vince McMahon specifically trying to block these guys, it just looked like some old hater ass shit. Uh, you know, these guys are trying to thrive and prosper and, you know, WWE is, you know, done this, you know, for decades, like they've thrown guys off pay-per-view essentially, or threatened to say, Hey, you guys can't, you know, have our pay-per-view if you run, you know, this Starcade or whatever. And this was seeming like that was going to be, um, you know, the moment for this era of wrestling, but it wasn't. So, um, more on the story is still developing and, it will be interesting to see, you know, how both sides of the fan base um, <laughs> uh, react to this, you know, being that it was such like a victory lap for some that always wasn't in New Japan, wasn't able to get or at this time it was just thought to be Ring of Honor um, that they weren't able to get in on this. So I don't know who uh, made it possible for them to do this, but. Whoever it is, thank you guys. I'm definitely going to try to get tickets and, you know, we'll see how how great the card will or will not be. Who will or will not be on it. Like I said, I'm sure Kenny Omega is going to have to either, he's going to have to turn down a massive offer or he's going to have to, you know, I, I think WWE is going to be like, yo, we're going to give you $5 million and dare you to say no. Um, $10 million for the Young Bucks, uh, whatever price y'all want to name on it. And at the same time, not upset their salary structure. So it's really secretive on, you know, how much guys get paid nowadays, aside from like Brock, who, you know, kind of gets his stuff leaked. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm 
definitely excited for it. They're saying tickets go on sale to Honor Club members Wednesday, August 8th at 10 a.m. And before being made available to the general public on August 10th. So they're putting these tickets on sale really early. It's not like um, it'll be November when it drops. So we'll see how the secondary market looks for it. I'm betting it's going to be absolutely bananas. Um, You know, if you came out here and, and you're mad at this, how does it feel? And the next thing we're here to cover today, Daniel Cormier and Brock Lesnar, a collision course looks like it is due to be set. Yes, the guy that is allegedly the WWE Universal Champion showed up in the UFC sans belt um, <laughs> and he hopped in the octagon in a one of the most scripted moments that you know will ever happen in the UFC and the faster that UFC fans realize they're watching professional wrestling, it would be better for everyone because um, they could just join in on this fun. Um, so Daniel Cormier knocked out Stipe Miocic um, with a big elbow. Uh, I've never really been a huge Daniel Cormier fan. Uh, I don't care what John Jones has done outside the octagon. I don't care that he's juicing whatever. He kicked Daniel Cormier in the face and knocked him out smooth, um, you know, all the time. But Cormier now, the 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 rap had been, you know, on him always that he wasn't a legit champion. Uh, you can't say that anymore. He had the light heavyweight title and then, you know, won the heavyweight title. So he has two belts. Um, looks kind of funny, you know, <laughs> because he doesn't look like the most athletic guy in the world but um he's you know on top of the division and you know it's no secret that UFC hasn't been in the best you know financial uh situation supposedly that uh pay-per-view with Cormier and Miocic only drew 380,000 buys which is really low um uh, it seems like Ronda Rousey bet on the right dog when she jumped to WWE um now Brock coming back kind of changes everything because Brock is known to do numbers in UFC you know, and his value in UFC feels like it's way higher than it is in WWE. I don't know, you know, how much you can really put, you know, at the fault of Brock Lesnar. Like, you know, yes, all these great things are happening because we have Brock, you know, who never shows up or does anything like that. But he showed up to UFC. So we're going to play um, the promo if you guys have not heard it yet. It was pretty interesting. Uh, it involved Brock Lesnar jumping into octagon and looking like he was a full foot taller than uh, Daniel Cormier, which will be interesting come fight time whenever that is. Um, but, yeah, let's let's take a listen. He wants to be a wrestler so bad, Daniel Cormier. But Brock Lesnar, get your ass in here! I hear that crowd. Brock ain't been cheered for like that in years in WWE. Shoves him. This is such a work. <laughs> this is amazing. Now listen to how Brock goes off. Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the 
The camera with the microphone. This is amazing. Come on, hey, bro, get out of my octagon. I got some pictures to take. Alright, man. So, yeah. So, Brock Lesnar showing more charisma than he has in WWE. Why can't we have this in WWE? Because they literally let Brock Lesnar show up and stand there like the dude's a mute. Uh, and they have Paul Heyman cut the just, you know, the recycled promo we've all heard. Uh, and Paul Heyman's obviously a legend. He's great. But the act is very stale. They've assassinated this guy's career in the attempt to weaken him, uh, you know, and, you know, have Roman Reigns go over and eventually get cheered, which will never happen. But it's it's interesting because WWE didn't mention this at all. On uh, Monday Night Raw, and supposedly the reason is Vince McMahon wants to only mention it when they can capitalize upon it. <sighs> so they've they've got you know the essentially the hottest story of the weekend, um, you know, superseding you know New Japan and what they did uh, in San Francisco. They have Brock Lesnar, and then they don't want to use it. So this kind of eerily like takes me back. Like, how often do they have this mindset? We don't want to use it until we can capitalize on it. So. When Daniel Bryan comes back, you know, and he isn't being used the way that most would envision him as. They don't feel like, I guess, they could use that. So, and it was a similar situation with Brock, where it feels like they don't want to use that until they want to use it. But the thing is, I've always been told that Brock Lesnar is here for this quote-unquote mainstream, um, you know, attention and the crossover appeal, the audience and all this other stuff. And then WWE turns around and be like, nah, bro, like, like that's not it apparently. So, uh, it's just another confusing thing, uh, that's going on in WWE because <sighs> that sounds really stupid. And then everyone else that has caped for Lesnar being the champion and doing all these things, Oh, he's going to show up with the belt and all this, uh, ridiculous shit. No belt was to be found. Brock, no one in their right mind would show up anywhere uh, with a belt um, from professional wrestling. I know The Rock did it once. It was almost like it was some novelty shit, but you didn't really see that too often either from any like anyone else. Like, Have you ever seen Brock show up on, on uh, ESPN with the belt? No, I haven't. Um, yeah, man, so it's really interesting. Um, now, as far as the fight with Cormier goes, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for Brock to win uh, when he goes over there, you know, because I'm, I'm a Brock Lesnar fan uh, um, of his fighting in UFC. You know, he's had his issues where he was on the juice and all that, but, you know, that's not my issue here or there. Uh, everyone else can fight out the morality of it. I'm here for these. So, you know, and by these, if you're hearing this in audio form, those fists that Brock Lesnar has, those ham hocks that Brock Lesnar has, the ones that are covered by the gloves. So it'll be interesting to see how Lesnar's position, not only in UFC, but WWE going forward. It came out that Brock will be wrestling at SummerSlam. Not that anyone seriously had a doubt that he would anyway. You know, they've their their whole storyline is that Lesnar is going to leave with the title. They tried this three years ago, and then he decided to come back at the last moment. I don't know, man. They were, were frozen in time, it seems like, and it it's kind of disheartening that they don't have any other story to tell. Essentially they've like sacrificed Roman Reigns in the process. They've weakened the Reigns at Lesnar program. I feel like irreparably. And when you put that match out there 
in Brooklyn, it's going to show that, okay, Roman's not going to get cheered. And Brock, you've made him less popular to people that want to like him for the sake of your agenda. So <laughs> I'm preparing for it to be part two of WrestleMania 34. Uh, what happened with Roman and gender at, um, you know, uh, what was that? Uh, Money in the Bank. And then also what could possibly happen, we'll get to it later, uh, at Extreme Rules if they put that on main event. It's just going to continue the, you know, the bad streak for Roman Reigns on pay-per-view and do they want to uh, risk that in that environment? Of And, of course, you know, Strowman's going around with the briefcase. But, like I said, we'll get to it later. Cormier and Lesnar uh, looks to be a pay-per-view match that could be booked early for next year. Maybe late this year. Uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, what Lesnar's doing as far as the testing. He has to go back in the pool. As soon as that gets squared away, I'm sure he's going to want to run it. But, of course, um, you know, this is a position like if Lesnar ends up with the UFC title, it's like, who's he fight next? So, I, I think that John Jones fight is still out there. They're going to have to sort a lot and jump through a lot of hoops and move a lot of goalposts to get both of those dudes in there at the same time with their history of juicing and then Jones's, uh, you know, history of, you know, everything outside the ring that comes, or the octagon, excuse me. It's the same shit, whatever. Uh, it's all the work. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I think the UFC is looking around like, hey, man, you know, WWE, they, they have, like, you know, something we want. And I don't know, man. It, it'll be interesting, like, who you guys, you know, would rather have that list of the show. Would you guys have rather have Ronda or would you rather have Brock? That'd be interesting. Let me know. The next thing that we got on deck today is WWE Extreme Rules 2018. It will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And there are 11 matches um, that are you know, set on the card. And of course it's a four hour show going to start at 7 PM and it feels like it's going to go on forever because not only are 10 matches on the main card, one of them is an Iron Man match. So we know for sure we can block off 30 minutes of time. And if they decide to go, you know, into overtime, you know, as they've done in the past, you know, we could be seeing, you know, a longer match. Um, I'm gonna keep it real with y'all, man. The TV leading up to this has been a disaster. I've skipped through much of it. I really haven't cared. They haven't given me much reason to care. In this cycle, they've put back together Team Hell No. They've turned Nia Jax face and heel a million times. They've set up AJ Styles and Rusev in just the most generic challenger of the month uh, situation. I could give a fuck about the Raw Tag Team titles. I could give a fuck about the SmackDown Women's title, uh, the Raw Women's title, uh, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley, uh, a lot, you know, problems on deck there. Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, like, in their TGI Fridays style feud. Braun Strowman looking just unrecognizable if you compare him to last year. Kevin Owens just turning into a geek, but we'll, we'll, we'll get all into it. I'm going to start, uh, well, let's start with Alexa Bliss and Nia, J- Nia Jax. I feel like this match shouldn't even be happening. Ronda Rousey should be the champion. Alexa Bliss should leave our lives as the uh, women's champion because we've just seen it over and over and over and over. How many times do you leave an Alexa Bliss match impressed? I'll wait. 
Then, um, last month, you know, we saw her in Money in the Bank uh, lay on the ground while all the work was done by everyone else, and she shows up and cashes it in, ruining an excellent match between Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax. Uh, I saw a clip of Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax brawling on Raw, and I saw Alexa with a kendo stick, and I feel like that I had PTSD um, seeing her with that because, you know, that made me remember how she ruined Bailey forever um, last year at Extreme Rules uh, when they had their kendo stick on a pole match, which shouldn't ever be seen by human eyes ever again. Um, who do I think is going to win? Alexa, because that's what she always does. She makes Roman Reigns look like Barry Horowitz, as I said in my rant, uh, that you guys can check on the YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't heard it, you know, one of my, my prouder moments uh, as a host of this podcast. Um you know, Alexa wins. Alexa continues to be average. Uh, there could be some involvement with Ronda Rousey in this. She's going to be sitting ringside uh, because she's been famously suspended from Monday Night Raw. Hopefully she gets involved in some way, but I feel like it's going to be a way where, you know, it could end up as a three-way with those two and Ronda, or it'll just be Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, which I feel like, uh, or excuse me, uh, Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey, where I feel like Ronda Rousey should destroy her within 10 seconds. It should look exactly uh, at SummerSlam 88, uh, how it looks in 2018, 30 uh, 30 years later. She should get squashed like uh, the Ultimate Warrior squashed a honky-tonk man. So, because that's all I see when I see Alexa Bliss is the honky tonk man right now. Um, yeah, man. So, if you guys haven't heard that rant, check it out. Uh, maybe I'll just throw it in here again to let y'all know this Alexa Bliss shit needs to end. It needs to stop. Get her the fuck out of here, bitch. Alexa Bliss is Alexa Bliss is champion. Not be fucking serious. I I don't understand. Just when it looked like Alexa Bliss was gone out of our lives, he had finally got the women's title off of her. Oh my god. I'm gonna have to rant. Full Levitard style. Alexa Bliss is now a five-time women's champion without ever having five good matches. (laughs) Alexa Bliss is a master at remembering lines and a master at taking as little contact as she can at all times. The Money in the Bank match was full of women taking risks and going for the crown. Except Alexa Bliss, who was outside the ring laying down. She did a cold red. Ronda Rousey just had her first one-on-one match ever. Ever. Alexa has been wrestling for years, and Ronda Rousey is already better. Unbelievable. Alexa Bliss can pop her arm out because she's double-jointed. Who gives a fuck? Bailey was going to be the female John Cena, but wrestling against Alexa Bliss destroyed her. She's been right since. Alexa Bliss. Bliss makes Roman Reigns look like Barry Horowitz. This is incredible. Give it to me again. I am not finished. Give it to me again. Bring that shit back, bruh. The big match that they had was a kendo stick on a pole. Every time she wins a match with a DDT, after someone hits a turnbuckle, I lose a piece of my soul. Every fucking match. It's either average or bad when I watch Alexa Bliss matches. 
she wouldn't be one of the 10 to 15 best women in the May Young Classic. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is a chicken shit heel who in one-on-one -on -one matches beats her opponent's asses 90% of the match and then wins clean. Unbelievable. The women's revolution started with the four horsewomen having blow-away matches. But fuck all that now. Alexa Bliss's entire existence has turned the entire landscape to ashes. She's Thanos. Hulk Hogan thinks Alexa Bliss has gone over everyone else too strong. Give it to me again. Bring that shit back. I'm going to list the great Alexa Bliss matches I've ever seen. That's the list. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is the poster girl for mediocrity, a walking version of the Mendoza line. Alexa Bliss makes AJ Lee look like AJ Styles. She's the master of being medium, the messiah of mediocre, the overlord of ordinary, the ace of adequate, the princess of passable, the sultana of second rate, the duchess of dime a dozen, the monarch of middle of the road, and the aristocrat of average. I've never seen someone push this hard that was this fucking regular. This is ridiculous. The women's division is an absolute joke. I'd normally say at least we have SmackDown. But their fucking champion is Carmella. My God. Please don't ruin Ronda Rousey. Please. I love that rant. Um, up next, let's talk about AJ Styles and Rusev. Um, the WWE title match that feels like it has no chance at closing the show. Why? Because it's on SmackDown. And... <laughs> they're setting the stage for AJ Styles to feel like the CM Punk of this era where he's the WWE champion, but for all glorified purposes, he's the super intercontinental champion. Shouts out to my boy, Simon Cotton, who coined that term to describe the world heavyweight championship, the way it looked in the latter days of the first brand split. Um, you know, I feel like the second that the video graphic appears, uh, when this match is inevitably announced third from the top, the air is going to come from the building. And it's going to be on Styles and Rusev to pull something out of it. I feel like Rusev is going to come in really motivated to show that he belongs as a main event guy. Uh, he should have gotten a shot a year ago. And, you know, the whole Rusev Day thing has been his catalyst to finally get in a position where you know, he saw himself as, and, you know, he proved that he could hang, you know, in his feud with Cena, and, you know, the the follow-out from that has been relatively, like, weak for him, so he's been going around and getting over in other ways, and it's all kind of come together for him to take on AJ Styles, uh, Rusev represents a different opponent than Jinder Mahal, than Shinsuke Nakamura, he's a big guy, so AJ can get that sympathy that he necessarily didn't get with Nakamura, uh, despite how dastardly he was, and, you know, punched him in the nuts a million times and made us all hate it. Speaking of that, they booked that fucking match um, this week on SmackDown, I feel like, as a kick to the nuts of all of us. And what did they do? They ended with a disqualification because why? That's all they can do is book fuck finishes with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, it turned into a tag match, and by that time, I was done. Um, do I think Rusev has a chance at winning the WWE title? Sure he does. Who gives a fuck? Literally nothing matters in this company. This match is, you know, it's up to the wrestlers. And as, as I mentioned, you know, multiple times, uh, when creative does nothing for them, uh, when they literally have just, you know, tag team matches before the pay-per-views, commentary, they don't really... 
you know, do anything, like, to really get you excited for these matches. And Styles has kind of been kind of a lame duck champion. He's just defending the belt. Not really anything too bad, nothing too exciting, just, you know, riding uh, straight across. And I feel like he really needs, like, a good, good match because quietly it's like, where is the really great AJ Styles that we saw um, a couple years ago? It's like, yeah, you know, you, you get to the top one way and you stay there another, but... It'll be interesting. I think this match is going to be really good. These are two of my favorite guys in WWE. And, you know, I think AJ Styles retains and Rusev looks great in the process. Um, Up next, the leaders of Worlds versus the B team. The only thing I give a fuck about is Bray Wyatt eventually looking Bo Dallas in the eye for that moment that that is going to be for those two guys that are brothers. Um, Being really not seen together on camera, they've done a real good job of kind of keeping them apart and never really putting them that close together um if they they were in a segment i must have missed it somewhere you know no one's really checking for these segments or anything but besides that i could give a fuck less this this all this represents to me is how wwe's thrown their own tag division in the dumpster uh over the last six months uh while you know over on smackdown last year they were having the new day and the usos you know just go out there and kill it so this is just who gives a fuck where's aop so i don't know um Carmella and Asuka really could give a fuck less on this. James Ellsworth is in a shark shark cage. Asuka is going to have to play, you know, dumb, essentially, (laughs) to go in there with Carmella and, you know, lower her own level down to have whatever one-star effort that they're going to put together. Um, I, you know, I usually do a, a prediction column on Social Suplex, and, you know, I'm looking at my notes for that while I go through this, and... I didn't even have a winner on this one. I think the only prediction is that we lose. And by we, I mean the fans. When we we have to watch this match. Whoever wins, we don't know. It ain't going to be us. So so we lose this match, y'all. Um, after that, the Bludgeon Brothers and Team Hell No. Uh, I was talking to my boy Josh and, you know, I was telling him about some, you know, things that had caused me to, you know, take a couple weeks off from doing the show. And he was like, yeah, man, it's Daniel Bryan. And I didn't even think about it the whole time that, you know, I was, you know, going through this period of where I could, I felt like I couldn't record the show because I had like this anxiety of like doing a good job and everything like that. And then, you know, he hit me with that. I was like, I didn't really think about that, but it'd be something worth exploring. So I saw Team Hell No in the Bludgeon Brothers be booked. And first I saw the, uh, you know, Team Hell No be reunited, reformed. They're doing all this comedy that just feels like, you know, just mid-card, whatever. It's it's not hurting anybody, but it's also, it's nowhere near as special as Daniel Bryan feels and is. It just removes him completely from that level. And that's why I talked about earlier in the show with that Brock Lesnar until they want to capitalize on it. It's like, Bro, the people are begging for this guy. They've begged for him, not only for one year, not two years, but three years, essentially. And this is the best that you can do for him? Get the fuck out of here. This is like (laughs) um, a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. I don't expect them to win. I expect the uh, Bludgeon Brothers to retain the titles, and they might even pin Daniel Bryan to do it, since they they clearly have no idea what to do with Daniel Bryan. Hopefully it doesn't segue into a Kane feud. This should be Daniel Bryan versus Andrade Cien Almas. This should be Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe. 
This should be Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This should be Daniel Bryan versus anybody that is an able-bodied good wrestler on SmackDown. Bring Shelton Benjamin out. Let them run it. Do something. Give us singles pay-per-view Daniel Bryan matches. I do not want to tune in and watch Daniel Bryan sitting on the side of the ring while Kane's in there getting whooped on. Or you bring Daniel Bryan in there and you have him get put in a chin lock to build all this heat for a hot tag that Kane comes in and gets. I... I couldn't imagine fucking Daniel Bryan up uh, more than I, you know, than WWE is doing right now. So, and it seems like he's re-signed his contract, so good for him securing the bag. But hopefully he's used in a way that we give a fuck about. Miz was on fire during his promo uh, where he talked about Kane being a nostalgia act. And they did all this, you know, this stuff that only Miz can do. And, you know, I think WWE hates us all. So that that that's the only you know resol- or uh, that's the only uh, thing I can take from all this. Up next, though, a match that shows that they don't hate us, but they might just hate Dolph Ziggler for other reasons. Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. So this is the type of match um, that's about to happen that hasn't been allowed to really happen a great deal on WWE shows this year where two great wrestlers get to fight each other on pay-per-view. Most of the year it's been a good wrestler versus a sorry wrestler. You know, you can look up and down, you know, a lot of these shows over the months. Jeff Hardy was stuck with Jinder Mahal. Roman Reigns was stuck with Jinder Mahal. Asuka with Carmella. Um, The Elias, who surprised us against Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan with Big Cass. A lot of this has been going on over and over and over. And we got some more of that on this show. But this isn't it. So, for, you know, this is what we've been wanting. Ziggler and Rollins. These guys are two of the best guys in the world. And they're tasked with the Iron Man stipulation. I feel like these guys... They think they're Shawn Michaels and, and, you know, the Shawn Michaels of this era anyway, or Bret Hart, however you want to do it. I feel like this is going to be their love letter and a tribute act to WrestleMania 12. Now, it's only going 30 minutes, but I fully expect them to, like, if it was me booking this, I would book it as a tribute to WrestleMania 12. And how I would do that is letting these guys run it, but no winner happening after the first 30 minutes. And just keep adding up the near falls, and then when the clock goes out, say, yeah, we're going to finish this shit, and, and you letting them guys go at it for 40 minutes. Who cares about the rest of this show? Are y'all really sweating to see uh, Oscar versus Carmella? Do y'all want to see Finn Balor and Baron Corbin? Fuck no, I don't want to see none of that shit. Just let these dudes run it. So, I think the only determining factor is how they lay out the falls. Um, like I said, I would do the, the sudden death and it's just one fall at the end, make it like one long match. You, you kind of, you know, slap everyone's head into thinking they're going to see a bunch of falls, but you know, you don't want someone to get rolled up and, and DQ'd and counted out. Hopefully they don't do a thing where it's like five to five or something like that. I would I would let these two guys go out there and show why they're some of the best in the business. Seth Rollins gets the chance to actually wrestle someone that can uh, keep up with him. He doesn't have to slow down for it. So maybe this can break that 4.25 lid that's been on the main roster uh, for most of this year. Uh, I'm picking Dolph Ziggler to retain um, because I feel like Rollins has bigger plans. Uh, him and McIntyre happened on Raw this week. Definitely would like to see those guys run it again in the, in the future. And... Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a really good match. It should be a match of the year candidate uh, for WWE main roster-wise. 
after that, Ro- on my list, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Now, here we go. I've noticed so many things about this feud. So, um, it originally came uh, to pass where WWE came out here and said, there's going to be a multi-man match for uh, the number one contender spot at Russell, or uh, for Brock Lesnar's Universal title. Cool. You announced that. They come back the next week and say, you know what? Fuck all that. Um, <laughs> that match doesn't exist anymore. So the only two guys that were announced for it originally were Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Now, since then, they've had them fight the Revival a bunch of times. They did a pull-apart brawl, which looked like the seventh best one I've seen since 2012. They've had these guys falling out with each other. They haven't really been, you know, really striking a, a nerve or anything like that. But what they've done is they've set it up to where this match is just kind of happening and it's rumored to be in the main event. But what they're not doing is calling it a number one contender match now. I wonder why that is. And, you know, I have a theory that, you know, WWE has seen the way Roman Reigns has been reacted to when he's been, you know, nudge towards the championship so this is i feel like a secret number one contenders match because if they call it that on tv this will incite people to even more hijack roman reigns matches on pay-per-view and if they back into uh extreme rules with him they deserve what they get if they put roman reigns and bobby lashley on last over the wwe championship which if you look at it on tv the wwe championship isn't the hottest thing but the way the fans are going to react in the arena this isn't the hottest shit either, so it's like, what what should you do? I don't know, man. Maybe you put Team Hell No in the main event. Who knows? But Reigns and Lashley, I think this is a very, like, as far as these guys go, this is a very big match for Bobby Lashley. He has to show that he can hang in main event style matches. Um, you know, he's been doing the thing with Sami Zayn. He hasn't really been tested thus far. He was in a tag match. If you can't have a go out there and, and do well with Roman Reigns, we see where that gets you, Jinder Mahal. Um, it gets you off TV. It gets you <laughs> chanting in the back. So, um, lastly, I don't think that same thing would happen to him because it feels like they're way more invested in him than Jinder Mahal at this point. Um, but this is definitely it's it's a threat to be hijacked. I wouldn't be shocked uh, if if it's hijacked and they're on the east coast. So if if they walk out in the main event, we'll know um uh, whether <laughs> you know people got to go or whatever. So um the the way I save it, I put it on third from the top or in the middle and then you let those two guys go out there in a 10-minute match and throw everything at each other. A hard-hitting hoss match and that's how I would run with Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'm going to pick Roman Reigns to win here because if he's fighting Brock at SummerSlam or getting the next title match, why would you have him lose now? Um, You're only hustling backwards, but as they've shown with Roman Reigns, they have no problem hustling backwards. They'll bust his fucking head open in the main event of WrestleMania if they have to. They'll make him lose the main event and embarrass this dude if they have to. With their sick, twisted agenda that this is eventually going to get him cheered, you never know what could happen. Crazier things will happen. I just don't see it because... His time and also this program with Re- with Lesnar and um, Reigns, it's just been so done, and fans are just so exhausted of it. Um, anyway, you slice it, and who's who are you rooting for? You're not rooting for Roman Reigns because people don't like him, and then Brock Lesnar shows up whenever the fuck he wants, even though that's Vince McMahon's fault. You should be looking at Vince, not Brock. Uh, don't hate the player, hate the game. So, um, 
Yeah, man. After that, Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura. This is the latest, and if Shinsuke Nakamura loses, he should go back to New Japan. And I feel like this is the the most, um, you know, time that that's applied. Obviously, he did not win the WWE Championship from AJ Styles. And as you've seen, you know, when dudes fail in their pursuit of the top title, they usually just get slotted over to the secondary championship. It's become like kind of a booking trope in WWE. Um, I think Jeff Hardy's washed. He's had decent enough matches, but he does not look like... It's just something when I look at that guy, feels like he's going to half speed. Feels like he needs to be, you know, protected in a way where he's not required to go out there and have these single matches like that. Maybe it's a situation... I I, I think Nakamura walks away with, with the WWE United States title. They love putting the belt on foreigners for some reason because what does WWE love more than anything else? Tired ass tropes. So, um, yeah, Jeff Hardy feels like a shell of himself, so I'm picking Nakamura. After that, Finn Balor and Baron Corbin. My God. Um, this feud has been hotter on Twitter than it has been on WWE television. <sighs> this match is the epitome of we ain't never found anything else for Finn Balor to do since he came back. Since we took that belt off him and he hurt his shoulder, we don't give a fuck. Y'all shouldn't give a fuck either. He's a short guy. He's a little guy. And, of course, they're doing this tired-ass feud again. I'm big. You're small. We just saw that with Dan Bryan and Big Cass. Who cares? Um, Baron Corbin, he's the constable. He cut his hair off. He's dressed like a, uh, a, you know, a waiter at TGI Fridays, according to Finn Balor. And... I don't know. Baron Corbin's terrible, bro. I, I don't I don't have anything else for that. Um, I'm going with Finn Balor because uh, he is apparently undefeated in one-on-one singles matches um, on pay-per-view. But, you know, this guy has had these matches against Bray Wyatt. He had matches against AJ Styles. And it seems like the second he threw that two-sweet up uh, with AJ Styles, things just haven't gone well for him. He's um, been buried by Kane. He never got his win back, y'all. And, and so many of y'all were saying, yeah, he's going to eventually uh, beat up Kane. You know, we ain't got to worry about it. He's fine. No, man. <laughs> this guy is clearly not sh- being shown like a top guy. He doesn't feel like it. And, you know, they didn't even want to let him fight Brock Lesnar. I don't know why. But, um, yeah. I have him going over, but it's not going to lead to anything. Um, after that. We've got Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens in our final match of the main card. Maybe they should put this on last. Who knows? Um, Braun Strowman does not look like the 2017 version of himself. His momentum has been cooled despite him having the money in the bank briefcase. They have him doing more stunts and more ridiculous stuff. And it's just like, it can only go on so long before people are going to be like, all right, man, um, this dude ain't as hot as he used to be. And I feel like he's going to have Dean Ambrose syndrome the day they decide to pull the trigger on that, unless they have him cash in on Roman Reigns after Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar eventually. But, of course, who would that hurt? Roman Reigns. The dude that you want to position at the top of your company. All you do do is repeatedly fuck him over and and lower his ability to one day become, like, your mainstream star. Um, He's just a dude that'll end up being a babyface that gets booed forever. Kevin Owens has been treated like an absolute geek on all levels. Not a former Universal Champion. Not a guy who's essentially had a belt for um, as long as he's been on the main roster. He's literally had shit dumped on him in this feud. <laughs> Thrown in a porta potty and, you know, whatever. 
and it feels like that's what WWE is, is treating him like. So, very disappointed that they. It would have been cool to see Kevin Owens kind of stand up to Braun Strowman because once upon a time, a long time ago, uh, Kevin Owens was a monster heel, and it feels like ages ago at this point. They've turned him into like the coward uh, that's just running from Braun Strowman. And to be fair, obviously Braun Strowman is such a monster. Dudes are just gonna run from him, but. I feel like Kevin Owens is a guy that can put together something with him and not have to look like a bitch to do it. And they, you know, it's just a thing with heels in WWE. They make them into punks. They make them into chicken shits. And that's all they can do. Um, Despite all that, I'm picking Kevin Owens to win. Um, (laughs) You know, I know that totally goes against everything. But why? It's a steel cage match. And what happens in steel cage matches? All kinds of fuckery. Um, You can just look at it. People, like, run in on these things. Motherfuckers get thrown through the cage. They get thrown through the ring to lose. I'm expecting just the most ridiculous finish that they can think of. Uh, This could be a situation where he power slams Kevin Owens through the ring. And Kevin Owens crawls out the bottom. And then he gets the win and gets destroyed after we just saw a steel cage match in Saudi Arabia where they ended it with Roman Reigns spearing this man through the cage and you know his feet hitting first but them saying he lost so steel cage matches can go to hell as far as I'm concerned um (laughs) these guys you know this this has uh Kevin Owens gets a fluke win and then gets destroyed afterward written all over it um like I said anything can happen is WWE nothing matters but yeah man that's a show that you got Ziggler and Rollins. You've got AJ Styles and Rusev. Maybe you got Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley if they don't hijack it. The rest of this card can kick rocks. Go to hell. I'm I'm not here for none of it. Um, yeah, man. Another WWE pay-per-view that's going to go four hours and we're all going to hate ourselves afterwards and wish that we got refunds on all of our time as well as our WWE Network subscriptions. <laughs> We started something last time uh, on a pay-per-view preview show. We looked at all the guys that did not make the show, uh, guys and ladies, that is, um, you know, with the rosters being combined now for the pay-per-view shows. It'll be interesting to see who is consistently left off or left off in a given month and why. Um, so let's just go through the roster. I have it pulled up right in front of me. Akum from AOP, not on the show. Um, Apollo Crews, not on the show. Bobby Roode, not on the show. <laughs> um Chad Gable not on the show. Kurt Hawkins obviously not on the show. Dash Wilder of the Revival. Big win over Roman Reigns. Did that lead to anything? No. Um, Dean Ambrose still injured. Drew McIntyre not on the show. He will be there as a manager. Uh, Elias not on the show. Over. Um, Fandango injured. Best wishes go out to Fandango. Uh, Goldust injured. Best wishes go out to Goldust. Slater, not on the show. Jason Jordan, still injured. He should be returning anytime. Uh, Jinder Mahal, stuck in the back, chanting somewhere. Uh, Connor, the Ascension, not on the show. Um, Mike Kanellis, not on the show. No Way Jose, not on the show. Mojo Riley, who seems to be getting some kind of a renewed push, still not on the show. Uh, Razor, definitely not on the show. Uh, if if Akam's not on it. Rhino, not on the show. Sami Zayn, two broken collarbones, or... Uh, what was it? Uh, rotator cuff. Sorry, not collarbones. Uh, Scott Dawson, not on the show. Titus O'Neil, not on the show. Tyler Breeze, not on the show. Victor, not on the show. Zack Ryder, not on the show. The entire 205 Live roster, not on the show. Um, despite these guys doing excellent work all month. Um, 
nothing. Nothing for y'all. Y'all don't get to come. Y'all don't get to participate. We'll stick you on the WWE Network and then wonder why uh, and take you off of Monday Night Raw completely and then wonder why you get no reaction when you go out to these, you know, shows that you do. <laughs> so um, let's go over to the women on Monday Night Raw. Alicia Fox, not on the show. Bailey, not on the show. Dana Brooke, not on the show. Ember Moon, not on the show. Liv Morgan, not on the show. Mickey James, could show up on the show as a manager. Um, Natalia, not on the show. <laughs> Sarah Logan, not on the show. Ruby Riot, not on the show. Sasha fucking Banks, not on the show. Um, yeah, Ronda Rousey will be there ringside. SmackDown, let's go over to those guys. So, Aiden English, uh, manager for Rusev. Uh, Alexander Wolf, not on the show. Andrade fucking Sienna Almas, not on the show. Could you fuck him up anymore? Biggie Langston of the New Day, not on the show. Pre-show does not count. Uh, Cesaro, hasn't been seen in months. Um, Epico Cologne, not on the show. Eric Young, not on the show. Harper, uh, on the show, uh, defending the tag team belt. Read the wrong one off. Uh, James Ellsworth above the ring. Let's see. The Usos, not on the show. <laughs> Carl Anderson, not on the show. Killian Dane, not on the show. Kofi Kingston, not on the show. Luke Gallows, not on the show. The Miz, sent somewhere else for WWE, but still not on the show. Uh, Primo Cologne, not on the show. R-Truth, haven't seen him in months. Randy Orton, still injured. Best wishes to Orton. Um, don't know when he's returning. Rowan uh, in that tag team match. Samoa Joe disappeared off the off the face of the earth. Don't know where he is. Sheamus not on the show. Shelton Benjamin not on the show. Sin Cara not on the show. Ty Dillinger not on the show. Xavier Woods not on the show. Now let's go to the SmackDown women. Becky Lynch not on the show. Billy Kay not on the show. Charlotte inactive at the moment with an injury. Um... Lana, not on the show. Mandy Rose, not on the show. Naomi, not on the show. Nikki Bella, inactive. Uh, Peyton Royce, not on the show. Sonya Deville, not on the show. Tamita, not on the show. So that's just about uh, four minutes of people not on the show um, here. So, you know, out of all those names, who would you have liked to see on the show? I know I would have liked to see Andrade Cien Almas on the show. I would have liked to see Elias uh, on the show, you know, as well as he did last month. Uh, on pay-per-view against Seth Rollins. Um, I would have liked to see some of the 205 Live guys get a, get a shot on pay-per-view, but apparently that's not for them anymore. So the revival, you know, you get those wins and you, you get that screen time, but you don't end up on the show. So it, you know, it is strange. You know, Samoa Joe, where the fuck is he? You know, he's just, he just falls off the, off the earth. So I don't, I don't know. It's one of those weird things that they're doing in these pay-per-view cycles. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's really bad. But before we get out of here, I want to talk about a match that I saw this week on NXT. It was between it was the rematch between Mustache Mountain and the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. This was one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life. After you watched it, I did not know it going in. I didn't read the spoilers for NXT. I watched it and I felt like I was seeing something like special. It was like old school in a new school way, if that makes any sense. Trent Seven 
when it comes to like you know selling and and fighting through pain, I feel like he put on a masterclass of it. Uh, Tyler Bate was just conflicted. Didn't you know they 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 told the story the whole time of Seven being such a mentor to Tyler Bate when Tyler Bate had to uh, you know make the decision in the latter portions of the match. And if you have not uh, seen the match, I will try my best. Actually, if you have not seen the match, turn the podcast off now and go watch it because I'm about to spoil it. So. It was done on a referee stoppage. So Tyler Bate had to throw in the towel like he was, um, you know, Bob Backlund and Bret Hart in Survivor Series 1994. Um, It had Bret Hart's mom throwing the towel essentially on him because this guy just was not going to quit and they were going to destroy his leg. Um, It's one of the best tags he matched I flat out ever seen. Uh, If I had to rate it, I would say 4.75 or 5 stars. These guys, ever since I don't know, you know what got into the undisputed era, um, but ever since uh, Roger Strong has came, him and O'Reilly have been on fire as a tag team, winning back the championships that they lost over in the UK, and that was another phenomenal moment as well. This one was just you. After you watch this match, you felt something. I know I don't know what that is. It might be different for everyone else. For me, I felt amazement. Some people felt sympathy for um, you know Mustache Mountain. I was like, wow. These guys went out here and fought through the crowd, chanting unnecessarily the whole, for 10 minutes of the of the match, nonstop, Mustache Mountain, Undisputed Era. They fought through all of that to tell their story of pain, of, you know, brutality, and at the same time, just like masterful tag team wrestling in every sense. When, you know... The, the hope spots that you could never, you couldn't draw these up the way they pull these out. Um, I, I definitely think that is a, a match of the year contender. I might have to write that one down uh, on my Google Doc where I'm keeping track for the One Nation Radio Awards later this year. But if you have not seen this match, I implore you go out of your way to see it because it was special. This guy, Trent Seven's a god now. Like the way, the way he uh, came out there and put it on the line seemingly in Undisputed Era, just like. Bro, they're fucking brutal. Like they, like, like you guys need to check that that match out. I definitely implore you guys. Well, and you know, besides that, that's gonna wrap up the show this week. Um, thank you guys all for listening to and watching here on YouTube. Um, to One Nation Radio. Uh, make sure you guys rate and review all the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Five stars. Unfortunately, we can't break the scale because they have it set up for five in iTunes. Obviously, I'd like more than five stars because I feel like we're five, we're above five-star performers here on um, the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Make sure you guys check out The Outsider's Edge. Make sure you guys check out Keeping It Strong Style. Make sure you guys check out Grow Man Watch This Shit. And of course, keep rocking here with One Nation Radio with your boy Rich here on YouTube and also on the podcast forum. Um, So, yeah, man, we're going to get up out of here this weekend. Extreme Rules. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. If not, we'll be here to kick it while it's down. I'll be on Chad Matthews' show uh, of LordsOfPain.net to review it with him. Um, What else was going on this weekend? I think there's an FIP show I may be at tomorrow night. So, maybe I'll get some footage, throw it up on the channel, and, uh, and show you guys, you know, what it is. Uh, we've also got an interview coming with Aaron Nova on Social Suplex Radio. So, um, and if you guys want you know, to know how to get some of these Social Suplex shirts, you can email Jeremy at socialsuplex.com and we will let you know how to get one. Besides that, I'm Rich, your host. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Two shows in 
two days. Shouts out to Ricky and Clive. I know they, they, those guys couldn't do a show, so I decided I was like, I'll just do two uh, to, to keep the uh, listeners and keep the downloads going, uh, keep everyone happy. Hope you guys, if this is your first time uh, listening, that you come back. If not, you know, we're going to keep the party rolling. But this is Rich. I'm out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.